Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We've been going through the book of Nehemiah. If you've got Bibles, I'd recommend you pull one out. And uh, we'll just do a quick refresher. As you guys know, Nehemiah, this is about 445 BC. He is the second or first most powerful person in the entire world up to this point in time. He is the CFO of the Persian Empire, the greatest empire up to that point in time. He has power, authority, access, comfort, luxury, the works. And then God gets a hold of his heart for his true destiny. And God says, puts on his heart the fact that even though he's over here in Susa, uh, the capital city of Persian Empire, Jerusalem, the, the, that has been given to the people of Israel, is in ruins. And he feels called to go and to deal with it. But anybody here, you felt the call of God and had no clue what it had to do with you. No clue how you get from point A to point Z. But so what he does is instead of acting immediately, he actually, he fasts and prays. Now here's the deal with fasting. Fasting is refusing to change the subject. Who here, what is your drug you use when you're uncomfortable? Food? Oh, we can't talk about the other ones? (laughs) Everybody's like, "Mm." (laughs) no, I mean, internet, shopping, talking on the phone. Like anybody here, like God's like, I want to be alone with you. And you're like, hello, I'm going to call everybody, right? It could be anything, but we distract ourselves from the discomfort. But Jesus invites us into his discomfort. This is in fact the sufferings he invites us to share in. It's the suffering of the world that he is bringing his kingdom of life and, and to bear on. And, his, and so he invites him. And so here he sits in this place for somewhere between four and six months in this uncomfortable place with no options. But as he's sitting in that place, God begins to give him a strategy that he is unable to implement because the king has to bless it. And there's no reason why the king would bless him to do this. Anybody here, you have something God's shown you to do, but the leadership is against you? Like maybe your boss or whatever. And you're like, well, apparently God, there's only the Rambo option. (laughs) Anybody, okay, who are my people? Like me, who've done the Moses and the Egyptian solution. Jesus, God called me to deliver the people of Israel. I've waited three days. I don't see any movement on this front. He has no other options except for me. I'm here for you, Lord. One Egyptian down, you know, you know, one million Egyptians on the wall, take one down, you know, right. And anybody here and you found out it didn't turn out well. Okay, so here he is in this place and he's like, oh, instead of acting in rebellion, instead of acting in arrogance, instead of acting, guys, I'm gonna tell you this, this is one of the reasons why the world doesn't like Christians. Because Christians are like, okay, let me tell you how to do it. And we're like, yeah, right? They don't, listen, he comes in with humility, right? He waits for the God-given opportunity when the king wants to hear what he has to say. 
He doesn't try to use a spiritual trump card. And the crazy thing is in this humility, the king sends him out, pays for the whole thing, releases him to go and continue to walk in his gifting and calling as a politician to be the governor of this area in Judah. God, it's wonderful. Why? Because he had a strategy already in place that was incredibly practical. Let me tell you this. Okay, there's two types of people in this room. There's spiritual people and there are practical people. Y'all, whatever ditch you're in, you need to come to the middle because if your spirituality ain't practical, you're missing part of it. And if your practicality does, is not in the spirit, it is also missing something. Anybody have, okay. Anybody have a friend who, not you, um, a friend who every time God says something to them, God said it, we're going to go do it. And you're like, okay, that is a castle that's 1,200 feet in the air. I don't, how are we getting from here to there? God will do it. Don't you know he'll do it? And you're like, I do believe he'll do it, but I think he's probably going to use something to get you there. Right? And it, the stairs. There you go. He'll be, but the reality is God is supernatural. He created this earth. He created it with purpose. He gave you a physical body to display his goodness in the earth. He's not, it's a lot of, mm, he's not into magic. He wants to use you. He wants to use the gifts he gave you. He wants to use the resources he gave you. Now, he wants to multiply them. Notice Jesus, when he fed the 5,000, he didn't do it with air. What did he do? He said, what do you guys got? <laughs> Not a lot. I can work with that. He multiplied. Yeah, filet me. Yeah, come on. So, yeah, it was filet fish um, So, <laughs> but... What I want to say is that there's this practical nature and he came up with a very practical uh, strategy that required a supernatural God. So there's this place in the middle and here's the deal. He will put you with people who are on the other ditch, right? Because we all tend towards one ditch or the other. This is not about shame. The reality is he'll put, any, I always say this, in a marriage, in every situation, there is one person who rides the gas and one person who rides the brake. <laughs> Everybody's like, you know who you are, right? And, and, it's, and it can be different in different situations. It could be on spending. It could be whatever it is. And every, every relationship is like, we're going for it. And then the other person's like, ah. <laughs> right? God purposely partners us with people who have, don't have the same problems we do. Praise Jesus. Anybody have a friend group that's re, that is centered around dysfunction? Like we have the same dysfunction. Isn't this wonderful? That's not going to end well. <laughs> Who's the lifeguard? We need a lifeguard, right? Okay. So anyway, so he goes in. He comes into this area. He, 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 he searches that land. He invites the people to be part of the solution. Again, he doesn't, God doesn't want to do something through you alone. He wants to do something through you and the people of God. He wants to invite people to partner with you. If you have a destiny and you don't see where other people come into it, you haven't yet seen the fullness of it because your destiny is not for you alone. It's always through you for others. And, but it's very vulnerable to invite other people into your destiny, isn't it? True? It's a lot more fun. I, 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 even this, like a lot of times, long time, we didn't want to plan a church. You know why? There are people in churches. 
what's up with that? It would be so much easier. I want to do a church, but no people. Oh, be on the road. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we often were offered the opportunity to do itinerant ministry and travel about. God goes, yeah, that sounds wonderful. (laughs) Anybody here had God offer you the option that's not a good option? And you can just tell. You're like, I'm not supposed to say yes. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, so he comes in. He vulnerably, even though he has technically all authority to make it happen, he instead comes in vulnerably and says, come on, let's do this. And, uh, but there are some people in the land. So chapter two, verse 19, we talked about Sanballat and, uh, the, um, Samaritan, uh, there's, uh, can we pull up the map? Sorry of the people around them. Sorry. There it is. Awesome. You're amazing. Um, so it's very hard to do slides for me, by the way. Um, so here's, so there they are in Judah, a very small part of the whole promise. And they're, they're surrounded by enemies on all sides. Uh, the Samaritans, uh, the Ammonites, the Moabites, Edomites, and the Philistines. And they, um, when you say yes to God, I have very bad news for you. Where he sends you, there are giants, right? When the people of Israel came to the promised land, there were giants in it. If it is of value, somebody else already, the enemy has already taken occupation. And that God sends you to the places. What do, who guards treasure? Dragons right? If you want to go where God's called you, you will run into enemies. You will run into problems. Now, praise God. And Paul says, we do not war against what? Anybody here missed that one (laughs) and made the person the enemy versus the power behind that? So here it is. They got Sam Ballard and Tobias are ganging up. They're the local mafia and they are threatened by the, uh, the people of Israel walking in their destiny. All right, so let's go. Chapter three, they, it says about, um, it talks about how 32 different factions of people divided up the whole city wall to rebuild this wall because without that wall, they were being taken advantage of. And every time they started to grow up, uh, it would get taken away from them. Anybody here, the story of your life is two steps forward, three steps back. I would submit there are walls that God wants to build up in your life. Keep that in mind. All right. So here they are. They've got 32 different groups of people. They divide up the wall and they go to work. So chapter four, verse one. When Sanballat, now that was the guy who had been kind of the, the mafia power in that area, the governor of Samaria, heard that we were rebuilding the wall. He became angry and greatly incensed. Are, are you ever shocked when people get angry at you? I am. Every single time I'm like, what? I'm doing a good thing. I thought everybody would be happy. <laughs> Jesus said, how can a servant be greater than the master? If they hated me, they'll hate you. Now, you don't have to pursue being a, you don't, you don't have to be a jerk. Some of you are like, I'll just make it easy for you. No, 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 no. You don't have to be a jerk. Please don't. So, you know, we all, anybody known that person? They're like, I'll be a jerk for Jesus. No, they're not. They're, no, they're rejecting you, not Jesus. So the reality though is as you walk, you will have opposition. You will. It's just guaranteed. So don't get it twisted. Don't be shocked. He ridiculed the Jews in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria. So he's got some authority. He's got some means to do 
do some bad stuff. He said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing on it would break down their wall of stones. When the enemy comes, he always takes a little bit of truth and he blows it up into a lie, right? So is there rubble? Is there ruins? Yes. yes. Is it a big project? Yes. yes. Um, but what it says is he called them what? What kind of Jews? Feeble. The enemy always attacks your identity first. He goes after who you are. Now, God says, in me, you're strong. In me, you can do all things, right? So here they are. Are they feeble? If they agree with the enemy, yes. And the enemy is always making an offer to us. And so here they are. He said, and so then he, he talks about, you know, he, he's highlighting the enemy always makes a case. He always brings, brings um, hmm? he's legal. He brings evidence, right? But he always skews it towards his message, which his message, what do you think his, their message is? What do you think their end goal is? You're going to fail. Give up. Go away. There's, leave, leave Jesus. There's no point, right? Who's heard that voice? Go away. There's no point. Give up. Or there's another opportunity. Who here, you immediately vilify and attack the enemy. You know, if you focus on the enemy, you're going to quit working on the wall. Hear us. So I love what they said. Hear, now, now, I'm just going to tell you, you need to know something. I'm, we, everything that's written in the Bible happened, but not everything that happened in the Bible is a good idea. Can we agree on that? Yes. Sacrificing children, probably not a good idea. Right? I mean, there's a lot of things in this book that are not recommended for daily living, okay? I watch people, they're like, it's in the book. I'm like, yeah, Judah Huggins, huh? Yeah, context, you know, like, you know, Judah married two wives. Guys, don't, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Yeah, he had two wives, two concubines, and a whole lot of... Anyway, so here he goes. He says, hear us, our God, for we are despised. Are they despised? Despised mean they see us as less than we are. And that hurts. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they are thrown insults in the face of the builders. Now, what did Jesus say we're supposed to do for our enemies? <laughs> but anybody been in this place? Don't you love it that we have a God that you don't have to have PC prayers? Does that make sense? You can be real with God and he's not going to, he's going to meet you where you're at. Right? So you can go, ah! Listen, one of the best things you can do is let it all out in front of God. He's a big boy. He can handle it. Okay? So, and so what, is it, what does it say? So when he heard the enemy, he brought it to whom? To God. Whenever we hear a lie, God, they say this. What do you say? Don't let the, see, if we, re, a reaction to a lie results in a lie. But so when we respond to God, the truth is automatic. And so we give the lie to him so we're not living in reaction to the lie so we can respond. And so what happens? He said, so, so, so means that what happened before caused this. So in re, 
they actually did a judo move. The attack of the enemy turned out to actually strengthen their resolve. What if God used every attack of the enemy for your good? I call that spiritual judo. Every time the enemy, listen, every time the enemy comes to you, he brings you, brings stuff to you. If we'll surrender it to God, God will turn it to our good. That's what Romans 8, 28 says. He will work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. As we bring them to him and say, God, what do you say? He will take the very effort of the enemy and turn it to our good. This week, we had a, a we, uh, our dog ran away on Monday. And, uh, and, uh, and in that moment, I'm like, oh God, oh God, I don't want my daughter to believe you don't hear. Like really, that was the cry of my heart. I love our dog, but I don't want, I want my daughter to learn that you care. Guess what? When they got the dog back, her strength, her faith was actually strengthened as a result. Like God will use everything for our good if we'll give it to him. Even the worst things in life, if we won't put limitations on what that means. All right. He says, so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. Okay. I'm a practical guy sometimes. And so this is one of the things I wanted to know is how much wall is that? Where are my practical, my number counter people? Okay. So I'll do the math for you. There were 4,018 meters. That's the, the information I got of, of wall. That's four kilometers or right. 2.4 miles of wall. How high was the wall? Glad you asked 12 meters or 40 feet three times taller than this ceiling. No, no, this is the full height of the wall. So we'll, we'll get to that. You're ahead of me there. All right. The width is 2.5 meters, eight plus feet wide, thick. So this is, a, you know what? So let's just go ahead and figure out what the cubic meters is. Uh, 120, 540,000 cubic meters. Well, I'm like, well, how, that's a lot of rock. How much rock is that? Well, it turns out they have limestone or dolomite limestone there, which runs at approximately one ton for every 2,000 uh, meters. I mean, two, so it's 2,000 pounds. So the meter, one, one square meter and one ton, one cubic meter and one ton equal each other. So this is how many tons of material they need. Now you see that number, it, you go, oh, blah, blah, right? That's a lot. That's a lot. So I was like, well, what is that practically? Because I'm a practical guy. So the thing is, there's 32 teams and they said they build it up to the full height. Well, the ruins, I'm just going to assume the ruins meant that there were about 25% of the wall there. So to get it to half its height, you just need another quarter, right? So a quarter of that is what? 30,000 plus. Uh, tons. That's horrible, right? That's horrible. Like, how could they do that? Well, there's 32 teams though, right? So each team takes about a thousand tons of, of, of work. Okay. Okay. We're, this is getting a little more manageable and they spread it out over 18 days, approximately. Suddenly you're dividing this down to around, it comes out to about 52 tons of material a day. Now that sounds like a lot, doesn't it? When I was 20 years old, my buddy Lou and I 
worked moving a warehouse from one place to another. Do you know what we figured the math was? Personally, we individually each move 70 to 80 tons a day physically. If you break it out over time, every it's now it, this is doable if you stay the course. If you stay the course. If you look at this number, you'll stop. If you look at this one, you'll stop. If you look at this, that was 52 tons for a whole team to transport and to install. 52 tons. Like so, and I love how it they they gave the halfway mark. You, you know, God. The enemy will use the whole thing to condemn you, the whole thing to, to cause you to lose hope, right? Anybody here, you look at the whole destiny and just go, we might as well quit now. Anybody know that voice? No, God, God says, what did we talk about? What did Zechariah say? Do not despise the day of small beginnings, right? Why? Because God has a way. And if we will, Listen, little tiny yeses day in and day out will very quickly move you into your destiny. Little tiny yeses, little tiny, not letting the devil go, oh, 120,000 tons, but little tiny things in your destiny will move. Now, here's the deal. This had been daunting them for over 100 years. Later on in Jesus's time, Herod rebuilt the walls. You know how long it took them to rebuild the walls? Three generations. This is not, listen, God calls us to great things, but he's going to do it in such a way that it's sustainable and we can get there. And he's going to do it because we do it together. All right, so let's keep growing. When, but, there's all good but, isn't there? Some of you are like, I know who that is. Uh, but. When Samballat, Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the people of Ashdod, all those people around, heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were angry. Why were they angry? Because they wanted it not done. They wanted it not done because they viewed Jerusalem as their local ATM where they could make a withdrawal and the gaps were being closed. Listen, there are people in your life when you begin to have healthy boundaries, when you begin to say, no, I know what I'm called to and it's not that, they get very mad at you. Anybody found that to be true? When you, when you're saying yes to God and you're doing it and they get very mad at you. True? And the reality is, is, okay, who here? No, you don't need to raise hands on this. Who here coming out of addiction (laughs) discovered how mad your health can make people? Right? Uh, Anybody here as a parent, you, uh, you kept bailing a kid out of problems that they needed to walk through themselves and suddenly became the enemy. Just because we say yes to Jesus doesn't make everything easy, doesn't make every, but he will strengthen us, encourage us, and give us the grace to go all the way through if we'll stay the course. They, uh, so, and then it said, they, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. They all, this happened to Joshua, by the way. I don't know if you guys remember this. In the, in the Old Testament, when they came into the land of promise, they beat Jericho, they beat this. They beat four or five cities, the cheap seats, the easy cities. So guess what? All the biggest cities, the wealthy cities, got together. Like 10, 20, 30 times more people, army, came after them. 
And Joshua said, God, what do we do? He said, I've delivered them into your hand. In other words, this is your Uber Eats. I've delivered you them. They're, you don't have to go to them. What if your enemy attacking is God bringing home delivery? So you don't have to. He's like, not a problem. It would have taken a while to just hunt all these people down. I'm just going to bring them all here. What if a confrontation that happens in your life is a grace of God to get quick victory rather than the sign of your demise? They all plotted together and, and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble. But again, the but is so important. When we allow the enemy to set the, set the agenda, we've already lost. But... We prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet his threat. Okay, we prayed to God and then did, and then did something, right? It's not either or, it's both and. They prayed to God and they posted a guard day and night. God gave them a strategy, a natural strategy to walk out their supernatural destiny. It's not both and, to meet this threat. Again, they're not hiding from it, they're meeting it. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. There's so much rubble. We cannot rebuild the wall. Who are my people? You're like, I should get that on a t-shirt, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? If you will walk with God, you will become tired because we will quickly discover the places we're walking in our strength, not his strength. Because he said, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. He said, hey, you, if you're weary and heavy laden, what should you do? Come to me. Take my yoke upon you. If you and I grow weary, it's because we're doing it ourselves. We're doing it in our strength. We, it's simply, listen, when your gas gauge goes to zero, do you scream or do you go to a gas station? Listen, fatigue is a sign that we are living from ourselves and not from him. How do I know that? Because I lived in it this week. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, Scott actually gave me a word and I, and I was like, oh, I need to dig into that. And I discovered, oh, wait, I've got some fatigue. Fatigue is a sign of things I've been living from my own strength. And when you live from your own strength, the automatic result is falling short, diminishing returns. And the minute we come to our senses, we go, oh, I'm so sorry. Here, I'm going to take your yoke upon me. Let him carry the weight because your burden is light. And he does that. He says, he says, so now, so first Nehemiah is struggling with enemies. Now he's struggling with partners. Anybody here had difficulty partnering with people? Two, three. The other's like, I don't partner with people, so I'm good. <laughs> Once again, I will tell you, it is tempting not to partner with people. But when we part, don't partner with people, we end up alone, and it ain't a pretty place. Because we, if you're, if, yes, as much as said, if you become a lone stranger, you'll become a weird stranger. A lone ranger becomes a weird stranger, that too. Anyway. And, well, and the reality is the, the worst part of being alone is you start to realize nobody else can take credit for your stupidity or the problems in your life. Awkward. Okay. All right, uh, bah, 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 bah. So, so here's the struggle. So, so do you think Nehemiah at this point is, is frustrated with the people? Yeah, just a little. <laughs> just like, just prophetically, I just feel yes. Yeah. No, very frustrated, right? Now, in this moment, when you get frustrated with people, not you, but other people's natural reactions. 
Let's get, throw out something. Not very. Run to the hills. Fight or flight all by myself. We can be a little less churchy. We're like, I just say bless them. No, I mean, you know, fight or flight, right? You know, like shoot them all. Forget you. I'll do it all by myself. This is the struggle as we walk is not to walk alone, but to realize God's placed us in family to walk things out with people and to realize that when it says, you know, Proverbs says, if one of us stumbles, if we're walking together, right, the other will lift him up. Stumbling happens. Fatigue happens. Listen, let's not shoot people because of fatigue. Let's encourage. Let's strengthen. Let's lift up. Let's not make them the enemy. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we'll kill them and put them into the work. Anybody here at 3 a.m., the enemy comes and whispers his encouragement? Let me just tell you the five ways I'm going to kill you. I could do any of them. The weird thing about the devil is the devil can threaten you with five things that are mutually exclusive and you feel like you're going to suffer them all. Like, you are going to drown while on fire. You're going to burn up underwater. Like, and you just feel like you're going to suffer them all, right? Okay. I said, and so then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over. What does that sound like? I think Nehemiah is becoming increasingly bald at this point. 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. So what's happening is now the people are repeating the lies of the enemy. I've said, we said this before. When the lie, when a lie comes into your head, it's not yours. Yay. Unless you make it yours. And isn't it a hard thing when your brothers and sisters become the voice of the enemy? And therefore, we feel justified in breaking out the bazooka of love. Dark guns. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Peter said. Uh, no, 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 no. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places. Okay, look at this strategy. Why did he put them at the lowest points of the wall? At the places where the enemy was mo had most access and was most likely to attack. I have a question for you. In your destiny, in your life, wherever God's working with you, is there a low place in your wall? Do you have a low place in your wall? Anybody? Maybe your low place is 3 a.m., right? Maybe your low place is the refrigerator. Maybe your low place. I don't, online, I don't know what your low place is. But listen to what he does. He said, posted and posting them how? By families. He puts the lonely in families. You are not meant to walk alone. You are not meant to walk alone. Now, some of us have this word of our lives, I'm always alone. Blink twice. I'm always alone. I'm always abandoned. I'm always rejected. Nobody wants to be my friend. 
This is, a, the, the, this is one of the devil's favorite lies, by the way. And you always feel unique. That's the best part. Everybody else has, some, has people. I don't have anybody. And everybody else is saying the same thing. Part of it has to do with the American ideal. What is the American ideal? Life, liberty, and what? Pursuit of happiness. Whose happiness? Mine. All by myself. Right? When it's all about me, I will be all by myself. If we are to walk together, it takes humility. It takes mutual submission. It takes choosing to, uh, to overlook hurts, to believe the best. One of the things Masha says all the time that has just been the key of our marriage is to assume that we are always for each other. That if hurt happens, it is not intentional. Okay. Who here, when you get hurt by somebody, you immediately have a dossier on your desk full of details of how they intended doom and destruction on you? <laughs> I see those smiles. I recognize. If you have a dossier on your desk, it's from the devil. It is from the devil. You're like, but they're facts. No, they're not. They're from the pit of hell. He always tricks. Listen, every single one of us has a divided heart. We all have mixed motives. Devil can find stuff everywhere. But don't let the devil twist it. If you're looking at that dossier that turns your friend into your enemy, it is from the pit of hell. Don't get it twisted. This is his favorite trick to separate people. If you are, listen, okay. I am the worst of sinners in this area. Masha, don't say amen. <laughs> no, I have masked it under discernment. If your discernment brings you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, it's discernment. If your discernment brings hell, condemnation, judgment, and condescension, it ain't. Don't get it twisted. But it's true. Flush it. If it is true, the true one will bring it again in a way that you can receive it. allows you to partner with hell, heaven, not with hell. I know what I'm talking about because I've done plenty of field research on your behalf. <laughs> what happens when I read that dossier? What happens when I read that dossier of, oh, they meant this. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so, uh, so by the way, I have a PR manager inside who helps me to gussy up the dossier. Let me show you what it looks like. Okay, you guys aren't as good as me at this. Okay, so I read the dossier. Now, the devil takes the devil's side, but I am fighting for them. Lord, I know they are just weak, pathetic, horrible people that love you, but they are led astray by their own iniquity. But I will fight for them. Not really. No, no, anybody know what I'm talking about? You gussy it up with religious language, but you've already sent them to hell? I just know how weak they are. I'm just blessed there, hard. <laughs> Pour a little sweet tea on that. Man, the shade here. Right? But do you know what I'm talking about? Can we just out this? Because this is the enemy's number one way of dividing us is to show us the motives of another person's heart. 
I submit to you, if you are trying to discern the motives of someone else's heart, you know what Jeremiah said? The heart of man is utterly deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? If you are attempting to know the heart of another, you're doing witchcraft. Because you don't even know your own heart. I remember we were planning a church and I was trying to discern who was going to be coming with us. And God said, they don't know. Who's going to come, Lord? The people who come. And they'll stay as long as they stay. And then they won't. Lord, could you be a little more clear? He said, watch their feet. Let their decisions speak. And the thing is, is when we attempt to discern the motives of the heart, we do it to do self-protection, don't we? But when I self-protect, I build walls that get me on a smaller and smaller place till I'm all alone. All right, I've got to land this plane or we're all going to die. <laughs> you like life. All right. Said, this is what he said. He said he posted them by families. Listen, can you invite people into the low place on your wall? Oh, I'll, I actually have a grace to go find everybody else's low places. <laughs> Do you see a little bit of difference there? Inviting people to my low place. Any, okay, you don't do this. You don't, but I do. Rather than deal with my low place, I worry about yours. Talk amongst yourselves. Posting them by family with swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles. Here's the other thing is anytime things go bad, you don't want to take an accounting. Who here, when things are bad, you, you quit looking at your bank account? Okay, he's, he's willing to be brave to look at the facts. He said, and he said, I stood that the officials and the rest of the people, I said, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. You know why that worship today was so violent? Because so many of us, it, we had not been remembering the Lord. We have been remembering our circumstances, remembering the enemy, remembering the problem. But when we remember the Lord, oh, ew, the enemy becomes, shrinks in our eyes, doesn't he? Remember the Lord who's great and fight for your families. We have got to fight for one another. We've got to fight. Listen, overcome the barriers that stand between us rather than letting the devil have his field day. your sons and daughters, your wives and your homes. All right, we'll continue this story next week. If we could have the worship team come up. Jesus. If we are gonna walk in our destiny, we have got to let God be God and realize that he's placed us in relationships. He's placed us in communities. He's placed us in partnerships. And we've got to be willing to fight for them. For a long part of my life, I cycled through partnerships and friendships. Who are my people? I'll go get a new one. And suddenly I got to a point where I recognized the grief of the Lord. He's like, Peter, every time you do that, you leave part of yourself behind. 
you leave part of your destiny behind. I'm not talking about boundaries. You understand? I'm just saying there's this thing that happens where we leave a part of who we are and our destiny behind. And God's saying, enough is enough. Let's fight. Listen, who here is waiting to be, have the A team, the, the, the AAA team pick you for the team? Jesus, God of the universe. He got the minus C team. He got fishermen. Listen, if you're waiting for awesome people to join you in your destiny, you're going to be waiting a long time. He sends fishermen, but then he does amazing things with fishermen. If we could stand, Father, whoo, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I feel like you've run a plow through our hearts. Lord, I ask you, sow good seed in our hearts today. Show us the families, the people you've put with us. Show us the low places in our wall. Show us the fullness of the wall. Give us courage to continue to walk and to build and to partner with those you put in our life to do that. We love you. We worship you. In your name. Wow, so if Jesus has been uh, highlighting the lies as you've been um, here today, just the lie that the enemy has been speaking to drop everything and run away or to break relationship or whatever it has been or accusation or um, I just want you right now just to say, Jesus, I just repent for believing and partnering with that lie. That my destiny is never going to happen, that I'm disqualified that whatever the lie has been, whatever he's been trying to discourage and intimidate you with, and just ask Jesus, Jesus, what is the truth about me and my destiny? What is the truth that you are speaking this morning over me? And just start receiving it right now. Jesus, I receive the truth that even though it's a small beginning, it's a beginning, that I'm stepping into something new, that this season is shifting, that things that have been hard are going to come easier. Just whatever that truth that he's releasing, he's releasing truth right now. He's encouraging our hearts. What he spoke to Joshua, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid. He's speaking the same thing over each one of us. He's speaking the same thing today. Be strong and courageous. Take courage. Take courage. If you just need to pick it up and if you've laid it down, just pick it up and just say, I take my courage. <laughs> I take my courage. I choose to be strong and courageous. I choose to step into what you're calling me into, Jesus. No matter what the enemy says, no matter what my family says, no matter what people in my life say, no matter what's happening, I'm going to choose to trust you and to, to be encouraged. To be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen.